ask yourself this question. Are you spending your time or investing your time? Hey there, I'm Matt, one of the coaches here at Path for Growth. If you are a business owner or leader looking to get off the hamster wheel of working in your business and want to start investing your time working on your business, then I wanted to let you know that we have launched a free coaching trial where you can do just that. In this 14-day free trial, you and I will work one-on-one to unlock growth while reducing your stress. You'll also get access to all our member-exclusive content and the amazing impact-driven leaders in our community. Are you ready to stop spending and start investing? Find out more at pathforgrowth.com. Click apply to get started. A lot of times the leaders that we work with say, man, working out, without a shadow of a doubt, working out. If I sweat even for 30 minutes, it makes me better for the rest of my day. And I relate a lot to those leaders, right? That is one of those high return activities that, man, if I do that, it makes me better without a shadow of a doubt. And here's what's amazing is almost always, whenever we ask that question, the coach is trained to ask a follow-up question. Okay, well, are you doing that every day? And so often... The leader answers no. Well, hey there. If we have not yet met, my name is Alex Jett. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. This podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. Today, we're going to ask some questions about our attention, and this episode is going to be a little bit different than our normal content episodes, because rather than just talking at you, I really want to work with you, and I want to cause you to engage in a practice that all great leaders exercise. That's the practice of reflection. I love that quote by Andy Stanley where he says, there is not wisdom in experience, there's wisdom in evaluated experience. It's when we Take the time to slow down and look at what has happened and what we've learned that we often are able to extract wisdom from the past and present for moving forward into the future. And specifically, we're going to examine some questions on the topic of attention. Because whether you recognize it or not, your attention as a leader is one of the most valuable resources that you have. And that doesn't even just apply to leaders. Your attention as a spouse, your attention as a parent, your attention as a community member, your attention as a person is one of the most valuable resources that you have. There's a couple principles associated with this that are probably wise to think about and reflect on to make sure that we're priming our heart and our heads for this exercise. The first is a business principle, and that's that what you look at moves. I I think you know that this is true. It's amazing. If something isn't working in the business or if something isn't going right in your personal life, well, one of the first things you can do is just start to pay attention to it. And it's amazing. The more attention you pay to it, the better it typically gets. And so one of the things that we need to make sure is that we're paying attention to the right things. And that word or that phrase, paying attention, is so important and crucial for you to think about. Paying attention. Pay attention. It costs you something. Your attention is not free because anytime you choose to attend to a specific problem, a specific issue, a specific opportunity, a specific relationship, you're saying yes to that thing at the expense of all the other things that you could be attending to in that moment. And so do you want to be someone that's applying their attention accidentally or would you rather be a leader 
who's applying their attention intentionally. The second principle was first posed by Jesus in Matthew 5. It's the Sermon on the Mount. This is the NIV version. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is a pretty ominous and intense idea, but let's just break it down a little bit. The eye is the lamp of the body. So this isn't just talking about our physical eyes, although I think it does apply to our physical eyes. What we look at really matters because it is going to supply our body, our entire being with light or darkness. So if we look at ideas, at concepts, at issues, at problems in a way that is light, it will fill our body with light. If we look Look at darkness. We will be filled with darkness. So it applies to our physical eyes, but it also applies to our spiritual vision and to our attention. Are you applying your mental and emotion and spiritual attention to darkness? Because if you are, don't be surprised when your whole being is filled with darkness. I can totally be susceptible to this. There's sometimes where if I were to step back and actually be honest about my thought life, like 95% of it is negative and unproductive and unhealthy. And it's like, you know, hopefully that doesn't last very long, but it's like, I'm thinking about all the problems in the business, or I'm thinking about all the issues in my relationships. I'm thinking about all the things that aren't going the way I'm wanting them to. And it's not because there's an absence of good things. It's because I've stopped attending and paying attention to the good things that are actually going on. And it's amazing how if my thought life, if my attention starts to attend to darkness, my whole being will be filled with darkness. Conversely, it can be the exact same situation, but if I choose to look at the light, if I choose to look at the good things people are doing, if I choose to look at the good things that I've done and that God is doing and that the blessings in my life and the way that my relationships are going well, if I choose to not just see problems, but rather see possibilities and opportunities, if I choose to see the light in any given situation, my whole body My whole being is filled with light. What you look at moves, and the eye is the lamp of the body. So therefore, it's really wise for us as leaders to examine our attention. And so with that, I just have a handful of questions that I want to ask you. And the way that we're going to do this is I I want to ask it to you. And then I really want you to think about this and maybe even journal through this. And so we're going to give you a couple minutes for each question to walk through and examine yourself and your attention. This is also an exercise that you can do with your team. Whenever we do these self-reflection episodes, we often get pictures and videos of team members walking through this as the leader plays it on a speaker. And that's just so cool because one of the great greatest types of learning is self-guided learning. It's when we choose to look in the mirror of our own experience and our own application and say, how does what I know should be or what is good and right and true compare to what I'm actually currently engaging with right now? And so let's go ahead and jump into the first question. What are the times of the day and the week that you feel most rushed? Why is that? And what one intentional step could you take to reduce that? Here's why this question is so important. When I think of myself as a leader, 
I cannot think of a single experience where I felt rushed, where I felt in a hurry, where I felt overwhelmed, and yet I made a decision or took an action that was incredibly wise, honoring of God and loving of people. I can't think of a single example of that. And so therefore, if I want to be a wise, deliberate, purposeful, intentional leader that makes good decisions, takes right action, and loves people well, it's really in my best interest to eliminate the times when I feel most rushed. And so when are the times that you feel most rushed? When are the times when you feel overwhelmed and frazzled and feel like your hair's on fire? Because those are the times when you are at the greatest propensity to stop making wise decisions, to not take right action, and to stop loving people. So look at those times, see if there's any patterns in that, and then ask yourself, what's one intentional step I could take to reduce that sense of being rushed or in a hurry in that moment? Spend some time thinking about that right now. Second question is a very practical question. How is your relationship with your phone? Follow-up question, what would a healthy relationship look like? So there's two pieces here that are really important. What is your relationship like with your phone? I want you to be brutally honest. But then here's a principle that I want you to remember. Transformational leaders, leaders that actually engage in healthy change, always focus more on what they're for than what they're against. But so often when I engage with leaders or coincide with leaders and the topic of how you engage with your phone comes up, all they talk about is what they don't want to do. All they talk about is the things that they don't like, but they don't cast a compelling vision for what healthy would look like. You don't become healthy by dwelling on sickness. You become healthy by having a vision of what health actually is. So what's your relationship like with your phone? Be brutally honest. And then what would a healthy relationship look like? Have a specific, clear, compelling vision for what you want. And then one final question on this topic. What do you want to do to sustainably move in that direction? The word that's worth thinking about there is sustainably. Don't think about everything you could do to have a better, healthy relationship with your phone. Think about what you would do. And and to use that James Clear idea, every action you take is a vote for the type of person that you want to become. What's the type of person that you want to become? And what's one action? What's one intentional habit you could apply as it relates to your phone to make sure that you're investing in becoming that person? Spend some time on that right now.
Okay, next question is uh, similarly convicting for many people uh, and also very practical. What is your relationship like with social media? What would a healthy relationship look like? What do you want to do to sustainably move in that direction? So it's the same idea. Be brutally honest about what your relationship with Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, if you're on TikTok and LinkedIn is, be brutally honest. Give us brass tacks. But then don't just dwell on sickness. Have a vision for what health could look like for you. And then think about what you could do to move in that direction. If you want some motivation to really uh, practice this or care about this, uh, you should probably watch The Social Dilemma. But there's an idea in The Social Dilemma that I think directly ties into everything that we're talking about in this episode. It's in that documentary that I first heard this idea that they said, if you're ever on a website and you aren't paying for it, there's a pretty good chance that you are the product and people are paying for you. That's Facebook, that's Instagram, that's LinkedIn, that's TikTok. You are the product. And more specifically, your attention is the product. And there are a bunch of corporations that are spending hours upon hours of their time and energy and focus and effort to create algorithms that keep you on that site. Because that's ad revenue. And so you need to recognize that there are entire entities that are really deliberately focused on keeping you on Facebook, keeping you on TikTok, keeping you on LinkedIn. And no, it's not just a coincidence when you see that next video that is something you really enjoy or that something funny always comes up just whenever you're about to leave. That's not a coincidence. That's called an algorithm. And they're playing you for a sucker. And so what are you going to do about that? You're going to sit there and say, that's just the way that it is? Or are you going to be intentional about saying, okay, how do I not be a victim? Rather, how do I be an active participant in using this as a tool instead of being used as it and being treated as the tool? What do you want your relationship with social media to look like? Spend some time on that right now. Okay, the next question is a question about your time. When are you most productive, creative, and energized? Are you currently spending that time or investing it? What needs to change? So I'm going to give you the principles behind this, and then we'll ask the question one more time before you work on it. 
So there are times of day when you are most creative and productive and energized. That's been uh, scientifically proven to be true as a pattern. And it's actually been proven that uh, it differs depending on your wiring and depending on actually some of your genetic makeup. And so there are some people that would say, man, early in the morning is my time. Some people would say, man, that afternoon time slot or that late evening time slot, that's my time. So first, get to know what your time is and then think about how you're currently leveraging that time. Are you spending it or are you investing it? Uh, Because time is one of the most valuable resources you have and your attention is one of the most valuable resources you have. And there's a difference between spending a resource and investing a resource. When you spend a resource, it's I give you this, you give me that. It's an equitable exchange at best. And so you're basically giving your time and attention away and getting maybe something equitable in return. But then think about investing for a second. What does a smart investor always do? They invest with the expectation of an exponential return. Think about the most creative, productive, and energized moments of your day. What would it look like for you to invest that time? Maybe you already are, but when you invest it, are you operating with the expectation of an exponential return? What are the things that you could do with that time that would not just be an equitable exchange of your effort and your spending of that resource, but rather it would be an exponential return. It would be a multiplying effect on the time that you invested. You know, as a leader, that there are different ways that you could use an hour. And and there are ways that you could use that hour that maybe that hour will pay for itself. But then there's also ways that you could use that hour that that hour will buy you and others hours upon hours of effectiveness and efficiency moving forward. This is often the difference between working in the business and working on the business. One more thing that I want to make sure you think about as it relates to this question. Whenever we talk about return, financial return is part of it, but it's not the whole story. There are things that you could do with your time and attention that would create an exponential return in your relationships. What we're really talking about here is intentionality. So how are you spending time versus investing time? I'll tell you for me, if I'm sitting down with Aspen or if I'm sitting down with my friends and we're watching a movie or we're watching TV, a lot of times that's spending time. At best, it's an equitable exchange. If we're sitting down, cooking a meal together, looking at each other eye to eye and having conversation that's real and authentic and sincere, oh my gosh, it's investment. That's the type of thing that can make every other hour of my week better and theirs as well. And so when are your most creative and productive and energized moments of the day? And are you currently spending that time or investing that time? What needs to change? Spend some time on that right now.
Okay, I've got one more question for you. What is one activity that when you engage with it, adds value to every other hour of your day? Are you currently doing it every single day? It's amazing. So often I talk to leaders and I'll ask them some version of this question, or I've even seen recordings where our coaches will ask a leader some version of this question. They'll say, what's something that you do that when you do it, it gives you more life. It gives you more energy. It gives you more ability. And uh, almost always they come up with an answer. I'll tell you, there's a pattern. There's a trend that often comes up. A lot of times the leaders that we work with say, man, working out without a shadow of a doubt, working out. If I sweat even for 30 minutes, it makes me better for the rest of my day. And I relate a lot to those leaders, right? That is one of those high return activities that, man, if I do that, it makes me better without a shadow of a doubt. Here's what's amazing is almost always, whenever we ask that question, the coach is trained to ask a follow-up question. Okay, well, are you doing that every day? And so often the leader answers no. And they often recognize in the moment how absurd that is, right? Is that, man, this is something that makes everything else more valuable. I'm better with my spouse. I'm better with my kids. I'm better at work. I'm more creative. I'm more energetic. I'm more optimistic and positive. I'm more faithful. My spiritual life is fuller and more engaged whenever I just invest that 30 minutes to work out every single day, but I'm not doing it every single day. That's crazy, but we can't fix what we refuse to see. So first we got to say, okay, what's that thing? Maybe for you it's working out. Maybe it's waking up early. Maybe it's something else. There's probably not a great reason to not create some margin in your schedule to do that every single day. Now, it might be a little bit of a change and you might have to be willing to collaborate with your spouse and with your team to make sure that you figure out the right time for how to do that. And you might not be able to move towards doing it every day all at once, but at least take a step in that direction because everyone will benefit. And then here's what's really cool is that when you start doing it every single day, my bet is that your spouse and your kids and your team is going to get on board because they're going to say, I like this version of you. And not only that, I didn't really like that version of you that wasn't doing this because you were less than what you could be. And so this applies to a Jordan Peterson principle that's so important. Treat yourself as someone you're responsible for helping. If you were ever, as a leader, sitting down with one of your team members and you ask them, hey, what's one, what's something that when you do it, it just makes you better? It just makes you more energized. If you were sitting down with someone and, and they said, oh, well, probably working out. And, and then you said, okay, are you doing that every day? And they said, no. And, and you said, okay, well, why? And, and they said, well, I'm just really busy and there's a lot going on right now and I feel selfish when I do it. Would you tell them, oh, that's true. It is selfish to work out. No, you wouldn't say that, right? You would say, listen, I understand that it feels that way, but you're not being selfish. If anything, you're actually investing in other people by making sure that you're a healthy version of who you're created to be. You know that to be true for others. Now just apply that same advice to yourself. So I'm going to ask it again. What is one activity that when you engage with it adds value to every other hour of your day? And then are you currently doing it every single day? Spend some time on that right now.
Okay, final question. What do you want for your time? And have you written that down? Like we already said, transformational leaders always focus more on what they're for than what they're against. And a lot of times, I can see this in myself and I can see this in the business owners that we get to work with. We are more acquainted with what we don't want for our time than what we do. And it's just like when you golf or when you bowl. If you stare at the gutter when you're bowling, where's the ball going to go? If you stare and apply your attention to what you don't want with regard to your time, where's your time going to go? What's the vision of what you want for your time? And I want to challenge you, have a practical vision, like what's possible in this season, but also have a dream. Like five years from now, what do you want to be investing your time in? Because what's crazy is if you have a compelling vision and you put it on paper, oh my gosh, in five years, there are so many things that are possible. It will require a lot of change. It will require a lot of sacrifice. It will require a lot of work. But there's so much that's possible, but none of it will ever occur unless you intentionally envision it and then write it down. God gave you this brain that can imagine a future that doesn't currently exist. The question is, is are you stewarding that brain? Are you using it? Remember, what we said is that your attention is the most valuable resource that you have. So where are you applying it and what's the future that you want to create with it? Spend some time on that right now. I hope that you really focused on examining these questions, reflecting on these questions, and creating a specific action plan on what you're going to do out of what you learned. Again, uh, there's so many of you that whenever we send out episodes like this, uh, you send us pictures of your team doing this together. I think that's so cool. And if that does happen in this situation, we'd love to see those pictures. You can send them to me on LinkedIn or to our team, team at pathforgrowth.com. We love seeing those and also sharing those with the other people that follow us and listen to this podcast. Y'all know this. We're grateful for you. We're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.